0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Phenom NBA show. My name is Zach Goldstein, and I'm here with Harris Goldstein. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Zach? I'm doing well. Today, we're going to be talking about NBA dark horse contenders. But before we get started, make sure to follow Phenom Media on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, and take a look at the articles posted on PhenomMedia.net. Harris, do you want to get started?
1: Yeah, sure. So, For my dark horse contender in the Eastern Conference is going to be the Indiana Pacers. Yes, you may be thinking to yourself that TJ Warren is going to be up for an extended period of time, probably about two months because of his foot surgery. And now that they just traded Oladipo for Levert and it was found in Levert's physical that he has a mass in his kidney, prayers up to him and his family. I still think that they're going to be The dark horse contenders in the Eastern Conference this year because of the reason that the monster bonus is just getting better and better each season he's put he's putting up really, really good numbers, he's shooting a lot more efficient, he has developed his jump shot for a big man which is very crucial for. Today's Aaron basketball. He's averaging 22, 13, and six. So, a really, really solid stat line from him, proving to be a really good leader for the Pacers. And really, in the past, we haven't seen a big man go far in the playoffs. But I think that Demonis DeBonis could possibly be capable of doing that with this Pacers team. And it's not like he's the only player on the team. They still have another very great defensive big man in Miles Turner who is probably one of the league's most elite shot blockers and also a a very solid scorer that any team could use out of a center. They've got Malcolm Brogdon, who is an amazing playmaker, good shooter, pretty much a pure point guard that also any team could use. And then with the TJ Warren injury, he'll probably be back by the playoffs. And I think after seeing what he did in the bubble last year, he had an amazing bubble. But then heading into the playoffs, he didn't do so well in the playoffs. But I think that this year that could easily turn around with the new with the newly formed Pacers team and just how they tweaked some things in their roster.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the Pacers, even with their injuries and uh, other health concerns, they still think they're looking pretty solid. They've got a great one-two punch, great two-man game with Malcolm Brogdon, DeMontis Sabonis. They've got other big contributors on this team. Um, And once they get back to full health, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Are they the strongest contender in the East to take down teams like the Bucs, the Sixers, the Nets, the Celtics? No, they're not. But right now they're sitting pretty at third in the East through 11 games, and they're looking great so far.
1: Yeah, and getting back to Damanis Sabonis, he's probably been one of the most dominant players in the entire NBA this season, as there's not really a player that you could even make a case for MVP yet, but Damanis Sabonis might be one of those players that right now you can make a case for, maybe not at the end of the season, but for now, if you look at like the league's best stars, like Luka Doncic, who was the original favorite, He, the Mavericks had a slow start to the season with Jokic. The Nuggets had a slow start to the season. Really, one of the only players that has proven to be consistent this season and in playing and winning is the minus the bonus and the Pacers. Yeah, he's really keeping this team afloat
0: and leading it, uh, leading them in the right direction. And let's see what else he's going to be able to do now that they don't have Oladipo contributing 20 points a game. But, and, whenever they get carousel vert back his load will be uh reduced a little bit and even more when tj warren comes back but um i think the sabonis has been great so far he's been playing big minutes been putting up big time numbers 22 and 13 so far those those numbers are incredible and he's been able to pass the ball and play make for a team that uh is in desperate need of scoring especially now that they don't
1: have victor oladipo right and even like taking the attention away from their starting lineup and their main players, you could even make a case for their bench. They have a very solid bench to work with. Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, when he comes back from his injury, they'll probably shooter. have him by the playoffs. And then TJ McConnell, also a very solid guard, Doug McDermott, one of the best catch and shoot three point shooters in the league. So you've got all these players off the bench too to work with. And yeah, definitely. It and- yeah, and they've they've just got a very widespread and balanced lineup that I think could work very well in a competitive Eastern Conference, probably the most competitive we've seen in a long time. I certainly agree. I mean, just with COVID and, and how times are right now and how it's affected the Heat lineup, that's why their record has shown to not really be the greatest right now. I'm pretty sure they're only like four and seven right now. Yeah. But when, again, just – in only a matter of time when they have a fully strength roster with their new rookie and and precious Achua who has stepped up for them and and even like Gabe Vincent Gabe Vincent despite the absence of of probably their best guards and best players Gabe Vincent is really stepping up for them and he's he's playing great so now even though their best players are out like probably some of their players that have been riding the bench are starting to get quality minutes and they're starting to develop kind of like what we saw with the Nets in the NBA bubble a lot of their role player type of players that really haven't gotten an extensive amount of minutes did get those extensive amounts of minutes in the in the bubble and now pretty much their entire roster is a lot better than they could have been if they had Kyrie and Deandre Jordan and all their players that they had missing. So I think right now that's kind of the same case with the Heat, how their players that don't really get a lot of minutes are going to be developing, which is just going to increase their depth that might already be the best in the entire NBA.
0: Yeah, certainly. And
1: uh you mentioned Gabe Vincent
0: uh fairly unknown name among um the NBA community. I mean he's giving he's giving in limited games he's Put up 14 points a game, albeit on poor shooting. But that's just encouraging that you know, with maybe a scaled back role once you got once you get guys like Jimmy Butler back and healthy, and Kendrick Nunn, and even Dragic fully healthy. Another team that I think could be a dark horse contender this season. They haven't started off so great, but the Miami Heat. Yeah, they're only sitting at four and seven, but you have to remember that they haven't been the healthiest team in the world. And but at the same time. They were the Eastern Conference champions last year. They they they've been missing a lot of guys so far this season. Adebayo hasn't played every game, neither has Drogic. Butler has, has been out. Kendrick Nunn, Myers Leonard, Maurice Harkless, who's a solid player. They're missing a lot of guys right now, and, and they're really suffering from the lack of their uh uh from the lack of their um death due to these injuries. But I think with time the Miami Heat will climb back into the playoff race because they are the Eastern conference champions and they really didn't change up their roster much. What did they do? They added a few rookies and Avery Bradley. Uh, That sounds like a pretty good off season to me. Yeah. I, I think that's really a big sign that points to another possible deep run for this team because their roster just plays just such great team basketball. They don't really, they don't have one of those generational talents. Yeah. Jimmy Butler's a superstar, but, sometimes less is more and they're showing it with great team basketball they showed it last year and I think they're going to be able to show it once they're fully healthy
1: you got guys like Goran Dragic who is in his like mid-30s and he's still considered one of the best six men in the entire NBA and then you got guys that may not be as good as they used to be anymore like Udonis Haslam or Andre Godala but they got the experience. Udonis Haslam's a three-time champion, has made the finals multiple times. Same with Iguodala. Andre Iguodala is a three-time champion and a one-time all-star. So he has a lot of experience under his belt. So just things like that, it's just the little things that all come together for that Heat team. Yeah, it's huge for
0: their culture. Um, I, think, I think just beyond the fact that they have experience and the ability to grow their young guys, I think that the culture moving into the future of this team, we saw how they meshed so well when Jimmy, Jimmy Butler got there. They added Andrea Godala, a seasoned veteran who knows his way around the league, and Haslem, of course. I, I think that while, yes, this team in the future two, three years down the line isn't going to be the greatest team in the, in the league as their best players get older, um, I think their future is still quite bright.
1: And- yeah, they've they've got a very bright future. And and even if they're young players like Robinson and Acapala and, and Hero and Achua, if those players don't work out to meet Pat Riley's expectations, they're all really good trade pieces in case like if worse comes to worse for that roster, they have to trade for a big name player. They can easily do it with the pieces on their team. Yeah, and they can even do that this season. Make
0: a big move uh, to continue contending, pairing Jimmy Butler with another big-time uh, name that could potentially be on the block. Possibly even a guy like Bradley Beal. Um, right. And I think even if even in the roster's current form, they're, they're dark horse contenders. And I think they can become real contenders if they make a move like that.
1: Honestly, they they could be real contenders right now and and if they make a move like that you could argue that that it might harm them more than it benefits them because yes bradley beal is probably a top five scorer in the nba right now but one thing that the heat have been struggling with this season is defense and yes you have at and jimmy butler who are great defensive players but you can't rely on just those two guys to be your defensive anchors and carry the entire team's defense so if you're bringing in a guy like Bradley Beal and potentially getting rid of players like Myers Leonard or Kelly Olynyk, or or just any player off the bench that has some type of defensive skill set in their game it's just not going to look good for the heat defensively and and like one thing that that they've struggled with the most is just going to get worse
0: oh yeah I, I think that defense is a big hole for them uh, especially if they make a move for a guy like Bradley Beal. But I, I think that their their offensive capabilities uh, especially outweigh it, especially if you got, if you got a, like a guy like Jimmy Butler, one of the best
1: two league, uh, two-way players in the league. So now we're going to move on to the Western Conference teams that we both think could be dark horse contenders. So I'll start with mine. My dark horse contender in the Western Conference is going to be the Utah Jazz. Currently – They've got six players that are at, or almost six players that are averaging in double digits for points. So they've got a very versatile scoring roster. And although Rudy Gobert has not really proven to be as good as he used to be, or or just after signing him to that massive deal, the third largest contract in NBA history. He's not playing so well right now, but he could easily turn that around. The Jazz are still a great team. They're 8-4. and He's averaging 12 and 13, so he's still getting the job done. And you still have Donovan Mitchell, who's one of the best guards in the league. He's still going to be stepping up. Bojan Bogdanovic, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson. Even like Derek Favors, they, they've got a very good and well-rounded roster just like the Heat. I think that that the Jazz kind of are like the Miami Heat of the Western Conference in the fact that they have so much depth and so much players to work with that you could ask someone like Bojan Bogdanovic or Jordan Clarkson or even like Royce O'Neal, you could ask one of those guys like, can, can you step up tonight for us? We, we need you to do this and do that and they can do it. So I think kind of going along with the Heat, they've kind of got the same type of roster that they can work with to just win and succeed. Yeah, Bojan
0: Bogdanovic, people forget that he was a 20-point per game scorer last year before COVID hit, and then he opted out of playing in the bubble. And who knows what the Jazz could have done with that extra 20 points a game. That could have been huge. And so far, I mean, the Jazz are 8-4. and They look really good. And their roster is just so well organized. Uh, I think I slipped in mentioning uh, Joe Wingles there too. I mean,
1: they're just so deep. you can, They can plug and play really anybody they really want to. They've got a lot of really good depth and a lot of very solid players to work with. And going back to their record and the teams that they've played and beat, they were coming off of a, a win against the Bucs. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Spurs. So they've proven so far, they beat the Blazers. They've proven so far that they can compete against some of these best teams in the league, which is really important when it comes to making a deep run in the playoffs. Because I think if they can prove it now, that they can compete against some of these best teams in the West that everyone is considering to be a top two or top three team that could compete with the Lakers. I think the Jazz are easily one of them since they're proving that they can beat teams that everyone is saying will most likely knock off the Lakers yeah definitely I,
0: th- I think their potential to beat a team like the Lakers
1: with all the different weapons that they have
0: it's just incredible
1: right and and even though like the Lakers have have amazing big men and in um Anthony Davis and Montrez Harrell and yes their their depth might be much better than the Jazz but I don't think that take that could take away from from the damage that that the Jazz could do to LeBron and AD and the Lakers with Donovan Mitchell who has in my opinion proven to have been one of the best playoff performers that we've seen in a long time he he averaged like what 38 39 a game versus the Nuggets and just came up short because of a Mike Conley missed three like if and then In his rookie season, he took down Mello, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook in the first round. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell is one of the most underrated playoff performers of our generation, and he's just going to get better and better.
0: Yeah, and this team is certainly built for the playoffs when you consider that they've got uh, a bunch of veteran guys, Ingles, Conley, Bogdanovich, uh, Favors, you can even consider Gobert, somewhat veteran at this point. Right. I think this team, while their record might not at the end show it, I think this is definitely a playoff team that can go far. That being said, uh, let's uh, let's move on to another team that I, I think that can go very far: the the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have one of the best backcourts in recent history. I mean, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. That that's just too much to deal with for most teams and then you add DeAndre Aiden and and that's such a great big three you got there
1: right you you've got DeAndre Aiden who was playing amazing in the bubble to to accompany one of the best scorers in the league in Devin Booker and then they acquire Chris Paul who yes he's getting old but that doesn't take away from him being one of even still one of the best guards and players in general in the NBA. He's he's still got got the defensive component to his game. He's still a good scorer. He's still one of the most elite passers in the league. Not much has changed about Chris Paul's game. And I think that's going kind of overlooked this season because the Suns really aren't a big market team that gets talked about a lot like the Lakers or Clippers or Nets or Knicks. So, and the Suns are currently fourth in the Western Conference yeah. only behind the Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz. So the turnaround that they had from last season and coming into this season with all the momentum from the bubble just falling up short after going 8-0 and and acquiring Jay Crowder in the offseason, Michael Bridges has sh- shown a lot of improvement. They've got a very solid team to work with and to make a deep run in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and I think... Uh there's other guys in this team who've also taken like a big step. Cameron Johnson has looked pretty good as a uh, as a stretch four. Uh Dario Saric has been pretty solid. Even Cameron Payne, who people considered is one of the worst players in the league, has been pretty good.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Cameron Payne is, is actually having a pretty solid season. Eight points, two rebounds, four assists. He's doing all that on a pretty solid efficiency. So even guys like him, even though he's not putting up double-digit numbers, that's still solid for a player that has shown a lot of improvement. I think that the Suns got a a very solid team and very solid stars to work around. And yeah, they've, they've got a really good chance at making a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, and they can also build this team towards the future. Jalen Smith,
0: their first-round pick this year, he's only played two games, and he hasn't re- really been able to do much due to injury. And uh, I think maybe it was COVID? Yeah, they can still build to- towards the future with guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Eaton, of course. And then there are other young pieces, Cameron Johnson. Jaylen Michael Smith. Here. Yeah. And Mikhail Bridges has been outstanding this year. He He's really made he- – like. This is um, not Mikhail Bridges is looking like a guy who could possibly be your most improved player this season. He's been incredible. And how much of this is attributable to Chris Paul being one of the greatest players, one of the greatest passers of all time. I don't know, but still he's been great.
1: Yeah. Chris, Chris Paul, like I said, I, I think he's being very overlooked this season. He's really having A very solid season, and it's shown he's averaging only 13 points, but nine assists per game. And he's making everyone better around him, which he's just been known for throughout his entire career. So and also for for Devin Booker as being one of the best scorers in the league, he's actually not really the he's not a very good defender. But now that he's he has a defensive guard and Chris Paul alongside him. He's got a lot to to rely on, and and he has just a little something to lean on because he was doing almost everything for them in the bubble when they went eight and zero. Yeah, and now
0: Devin Booker doesn't have to worry about playing defense, even though that was never his strong suit. But Devin Booker doesn't have to carry carry like such a workload when you've got a when you've got one of the best floor generals ever, and. Right. Because you can take when Chris if Chris Paul can take weight off of Devin Booker, that goes down that goes throughout the entire team. That takes pressure off of Ayton. That takes pressure off of Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, all of those guys.
1: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. They Chris Paul has really been able to to take a lot of pressure off all these players, which is just one of the many reasons how and why he can make everyone around him better. And, and with the experience that he has, although he has yet to win a ring, pretty, we've pretty much said everything about him that makes him such an amazing player. And, and he's probably one of the most versatile players in his entire career. He started out as a great player and he's probably going to end his career as a, as an amazing player. And people forget that,
0: you know, that when he was on the rock, they, probably would have ended up winning the NBA championship
1: if he didn't get hurt. They were on the verge of, of beating the Warriors. And if, if they had taken down the Warriors and then probably would have ended up winning the finals if they had proven that they could beat the Warriors, that would have been crazy. And who knows if James Harden would be on, in Brooklyn right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: For that. Like, th- that's crazy to think about. Yeah. The chain of events that that one injury had set off so
0: much for the league. And right now could be the reason why the Suns um, are are big contenders to make noise in the West. Thank you for listening. Uh, Those were our takes on NBA Dark Horse contenders. Thank you all for tuning in to the Phenom NBA show. Once again, be sure to follow Phenom Media on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, and take a look at the articles posted on PhenomMedia.net. Thank you. Thank you.
2: If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description Includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. You are listening to the Phenom NBA show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game.